Let's get this W on three. One, two, three. to the W Podcast, hosted by Princess and Love. But I will, I will get away from the game a little bit. Um, I'll probably watch some WNBA games, though. I can't get away from I'll probably watch besides tournaments this, this summer. So I'll be a part of the game. But as far as me actually playing, I won't, I won't be a part of the game much this summer. So you guys heard it first from LeBron himself. Not only is he going to be resting and he's going to be training per usual this summer, but he's going to be taking in some WNBA games. And that's a pretty big statement, LeBron. Um, me and Princess, you know, we, we take people's worries very seriously. So we expect to see you at a couple of games, courtside, in the locker room, being a player coach, whatever you want to do. You're more than welcome to join because it's about time that we see someone of your caliber uh, courtside. Hey, Princess. Hey. I fully agree with that. We need to see LeBron somewhere on the East Coast, whether it be in New York, at MSG, or in Atlanta, or maybe down here in D.C. He needs to come on, stop by, and make his presence known if he really bout that W life. Right. He has options. I mean, if he wants to keep it local, he can go to Chicago. You know, if he's trying to come see Melo in New York, probably try to persuade him to join him somewhere. He can come to New York. He can go to L.A. and see the Sparks play when he's over at his L.A. home doing his business ventures. I mean, there's so much options. Like Exactly. And you're LeBron. You probably have a private jet in your backyard. So <laughs> you can go see whoever you want to play at any point, you know? He really got it like that. So, yes, no excuses. And he's going to be at the kids' tournament, which is also super cute. But, yeah, bring him on down to the right, game. Speaking of celebrity sightings at WNBA games, before we get stuff kicked off, Lo and I both met some very, very important people at WNBA games this past week. Who'd you meet? We did. Well, <clears throat> um, <laughs> at the Liberty game this past Sunday, um, when they took on the storm, I met in person. I met Yandy Smith. Um, if you guys are not familiar with who Yandy is, she is a one of the stars of Love and Hip Hop New York, the New York franchise. She also has done a lot in the music industry. Um, she was very instrumental in the careers of Jim Jones, Joel Santana, Cameron. So that whole Dipset movement that was really popular, more so in like the mid to late two thousands. Um, she was very instrumental with them. And she's actually, I think, executive producer for Love & Hip Hop New York. Um, but she was there at the game with some of her family, friends. I think one of her, I think her son may have been with her. And I also met a wide receiver, Brandon Marshall of the New York Giants. He was there with his wife, who is fly, hmm. by the way. Um, they were sitting courtside. And after the game, um, he was just chilling back by the visitor's locker room. And at first I didn't go up to him because I didn't know what to necessarily say to him per se. But when I was leaving, I saw him talking to one of the girls in the storm who was Lene Montgomery. 
And after he was talking to her, I went up to him and I just said, hey, can I ask you a few questions? And he was like, he's supporting her. That's his cousin. I was like, oh, great. So he couldn't talk much because he was actually in a rush to leave. But he talked to me about his first WNBA experience as his first game. That was his first game on Sunday. And he really enjoyed himself. And he plans on coming back and supporting. And I asked them about just overall his thoughts about supporting women's sports. And he, the response he gave me actually was something that I was actually not shocked at, but pleasantly surprised. You know what I mean? I thought, you know, I was going to get the same answer of, you know, want to support our women. But he was like, you know, I think our women should be respected. And uh, he wants to see them paid more and those different things. And I was just like, great. Like, you know, that's great for him to actually put that out there. Um, be completely upfront and honest about, you know, what's really going on and hope to see him again soon. Who did you meet over the past couple of games that you've been to, Miss Lady? Well, I uh, was minding my little video business. Uh, <laughs> had just beaten the Indiana Fever um, Sunday. So, oh. you know, walking from the post game to uh, the Fever locker room, and I just casually glide by Tisha Pinachero. Nice. WNBA legend, 2005 WNBA champion, all-time WNBA steals, and all-time WNBA assist leader. She was just chilling. I don't know who she was waiting to talk to because um, I was kind of like starstruck and flabbergasted. But her <laughs> ODU days, I got a picture because, you know, pictures or didn't happen. But this really happened, y'all, I promise. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, I got to talk to her, and it was like, it was crazy. I was just like, I mean, it's just because it's like people, you know, you grew up idolizing, and she's just chilling, you know, checking her phone, waiting to talk to whoever she was waiting to talk to. I think it ended up being Candace Dupree, but don't don't quote me on that. But yeah, crazy, crazy, fun, ex- but fun experience. Shout out to Tisha. Love you, girl. Hey, Tisha. So how you been? It's been like... I was not in Miami that long. Y'all went on a little mini vacation. So. She was out here. She's acting like I've oh, been on Instagram. She was out here. Anyway, low held it down. <laughs> you haven't heard episode four. It is full of WNBA interviews. It is fun. It is informational. It is insightful. Shout out to Low, my amazing, wonderful, and always glamorous co-host for holding it down. Like only you. And I actually did want to say something about the episodes. So I have these bracelets that decided they want to be part of all the interviews. Um, I can't help it. I'm Caribbean. I talk on my hands. So as I'm talking, I'm moving my hands. And I don't realize I'm doing it. And when I'm listening to the, the recordings over, I'm like, why are my bracelets like, in, like they just had to be involved. Like it was just loud. So my apologies. I am not going to wear as many bracelets when I go out, when I go to games, because I can't have them try to interrupt and steal my shine. Like it was trying to do uh, this past episode. So my apologies. We forgive you. You know, no big deal. What we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and dive into our episode five. We are back with another episode, plenty of women's basketball news and coverage to talk to you all about. And so we're pretty much going to get started on is um, all-star voting kicked off today, Tuesday, yep. uh, 13th. 
So, of course, now I made a big ruckus because players and media alike get to contribute to this year's starting lineups, as well as always the fan vote is still paramount. Um, are you excited? I feel like we're getting closer to the All-Star game, which in itself is crazy fun. What are you thinking about the All-Star voting getting kicked off? And who are some of your top picks for the All-Star team this year? East and West. I actually am very excited about it. Um, I can't wait to see how it pans out, especially with the new voting style. I can't wait to see who ends up on the final roster, who's going to make the team. And it's very easy to vote, which is what I'm really happy about. So there's so many different ways to vote. If you guys don't know, you can go on WNBA.com, whether you're on your like computer, smartphone, at a tablet. Uh, it's very simple. There's a tab that says vote now right there on the front page. And you just basically pick your players, put your information in, submit, boom, you're done. Um, you can also do it via the WNBA app, which you should download. And there's no reason why you should not have League Pass by now because it is like $16. So get it. Also, um, you can vote via social media. So on Twitter and Facebook, you put, you create whatever tweet message you want, put hashtag WNBA vote and the name of the player that you want to vote for or their handle on social media. And you are allowed one player per tweet or per Facebook message. And that's how it happens. So some of my picks. So I started to pick today, but I didn't finish because I think I was missing two players and I just couldn't make up my mind as to which two I wanted to pick. So my picks uh, from the East, I picked Tina Charles. I picked Imani Boyette, of course. Uh, I think she'll be a fun addition to the team. I think she brings a lot of personality. I also picked Sugar Rogers. Um, she's one of my favorite scorers in the league right now. And I I just appreciate how much hard work she's put in to improve her game over the past few seasons. She went from being, you know, coming off the bench to now being a starter. She is just so nasty from the three-point line, from the arc. Like, I just love her game. So she's somebody I definitely would love to see make the team. Um, as far as the West goes, of course, I picked Maya Moore. She's one of my favorite players, guys. I'll just say it for the record. She definitely is. So I picked uh, Maya. I picked Candace Parker. I did pick Skylar Diggins. I picked oh, Tamara Young. That's from the East. I picked Tamara Young also. And I just have, I'm missing a few players because I just can't make a decision because if it was up to me, I'd just vote for whoever I want and it might end up being 30 women. But, <laughs> you know, you can't do that. So I'm just picking for the players that I would love to see playing this year's game oh i also voted for i know she's a rookie but i voted for alicia gray because she's been doing her thing so far so nothing wrong with being an all-star in your rookie year right um i don't have my starting five solidified for either conference um but just off the top of my head i have of course elena deladon at forward center um i'm starting with the east of course have candace dupree um points it's a tough spot there. Ooh, get back to me on that one. Um, Tina Charles, of course. Who else is really big out of the East? Uh, Tamara Young. Well, maybe maybe Cappy. Uh, at point, still up in the air. I got I got to make my final votes today. I was at work all day, so I didn't even have a chance to narrow it down like I wanted to. Um, mm -hmm. Tiffany Hayes out of Atlanta. I would have to give her some props as well. For sure. Shout outs to her. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then in the West, pretty much the entire link starting five plus <laughs> DT. And that's it. <laughs> plus you got to throw DT in there and you got to throw NECA and Candace Parker and Brittany Griner. I mean, it's a lot of really good co- competitors. Jewel Lloyd out of the West from Seattle. It's, it's hard. It's hard to narrow down some of the best players. So I'm going to take the time this week sometimes to really pick my starting five and that's who I'm going to vote for only just my starting five, my starting lineup. That's our homework for the next week. Let's pick our rosters for East and West and let's bring them to the table and see how about you bring your East and West rosters. I bring mine and then we kind of come up with like the W podcast picks for the all-star game. Dope. And we could like debate. (laughs) <laughs> Even though Princess is gonna crush me in the debate, but still, this gonna be this gonna be up next episode six. Of course, we all have some good stuff. Another thing, speaking of celebrations, so another thing that we're celebrating um, this month is Pride Month. All over the WNBA for the month of June, we are celebrating uh, Pride, equality, uh, the right for the LGBT community to have the same rights as heterosexual uh, couples and individuals alike. All over the league, uh, their teams are having Pride Night various nights. I believe the LA Sparks are having theirs tonight. They actually partnered with Nike Los Angeles and they're giving away these really cool uh, t-shirts to fans who are coming to the game today. They're black t-shirts and it says equality in rainbow colors. Really, really dope. Um, Here in New York, it is June 23rd, so it's coming up. And I think the Washington Mystics just had their last weekend because I think D.C. Pride was this past weekend. And I know from what I saw, um, a couple of players were on the float, just interacting with the fans, dancing, and just having a really, really good time. So we here, I can definitely speak for myself, and I'm sure Princess agrees that we are here just to make sure that people just have the right to do and love as they choose without fear, without being ridiculed, without being judged. And if there are differing opinions, there obviously are ways that people can have healthy conversation, healthy debates that are still respectful, but still get their views across. It's not the time to point fingers. We're past that. It's 2017. Like no pointing fingers and laughing and making people feel like they're less than because they are experiencing or feeling or living in a way that you don't and if you don't understand then it just may not be just it may not be meant for you to understand and just accept that and keep pushing you know transitioning back to the WNBA really being the leader in celebrating pride and equality and love across the fan base across the players and the administrators and coaches definitely a dope thing to be afraid to step up because there are a lot of corporations that still don't accept it and still don't Really take the helm in promoting equality. And if you really look at the WNBA and Pride Month, you've got to look at the sneakers that everybody is busting out with, with these rainbow patterns. Crazy. You got like from Jays to KDs to, I think I saw a pair of Kobe's that Christy Tolliver had. Uh, definite, definitely really dope. Just showing support and, and love in that avenue. So WNBA Pride Month, June. If you want to cop an equality t-shirt, I ain't mad at you. I actually want them Air Maxes with like the jelly bottom, like the rainbow jelly 
bottoms you see those those were popping like i need a pair of those for sure hashtag must cop hashtag <laughs> must cop another thing that took place over the past week our girl lindsey whalen making records now she has the most uh individual career wins and she surpassed swim cash you know lindsey whalen is obviously one of the best players in the league right now best point guards and i think this is like a crazy milestone for her to pass i just think it's so crazy how these players are still breaking all these records like it's just amazing yeah this is such a record-breaking season like we always talked about the historic 20th and then to see you turn a corner into 21st and then you see diana Taurasi being pretty much on the cusp of being the all-time points leader and the career three-points leader, and then Lindsey Whalen doing what she's doing. 14 seasons in to be at 296, passing Swin Cash. Such a such a great accomplishment, and for me to be there in the arena to see that happen was like being a part of a piece of history because it's something that you recognize the individual for, but of course winning takes the entire team. So what I really loved about her is that she acknowledged the team she had been on throughout her playing career, encouraging young girls to be like, got to go on the court, you got to ball out, you come to the WNBA and you never know what can transform to you breaking records. And when you look at having, um, Rebecca Brunson said this, when you look at having a winning player, all-time winning player on your roster as your point guard, you're definitely destined for success. You're destined to have a winning culture in the locker room, a winning culture amongst the administrators, amongst the coach, amongst the players, because you have someone who's a leader and who just brings that environment and that culture together for everyone to be a part of the dynasty that the Minnesota Lynx are now creating. Another thing that I love that she said is she just can't wait for the next little girl to break her record. Like if that's not the most humble, what kind of person she is in her character, I don't know what you know, that's that's amazing of her. Uh, we're just going to keep it rolling with all these wins and all of these accolades that are taking place. Um, another thing that took place actually this past week was the induction into the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. It took place over this past week at the Tennessee Theater in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is home of Pat Summit as well, who was who they honored there and tributed there. And one of the women who were inducted was the great Cheryl Swoops. So she is just continuing her, continuing her Hall of Fame role. right? Around, uh, you know, she's on the roll right now with her wins and just her accolades and being honored for the contributions that she made. And I'm really, really happy for her. I think this is something that is much deserved. I mean, we just have to always continue to acknowledge the greatness that is and was Cheryl Swoops. Um, being the first player signed to the WNBA, being a champion, I mean, throughout her playing career, even though she went through um, so much from outside media and, and naysayers and things like that, always prevailed to really put Houston on the map as a WNBA powerhouse, even still to this day. I mean, that franchise has been dismantled for how many years? And people are still like, that's the greatest WNBA franchise of all time. And then second, the LA Sparks. Um, that's really cool how she created that culture down there in Houston to always be championship focused for women's basketball. And of course you have to acknowledge the other inductees, Coach Incel, Christine Grant, Sally Bell, Yukon legend, Carol Walters, uh, and Louise O'Neill. Um, apparently it was a very, very, very dope event. Like you said, being the home of Pat Summit down there in Tennessee, 
the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. I would love, A, to be inducted in there one day, and uh, B, just to take a trip down to the museum, see what it's like, and see all the women's basketball history that's unfolded. We should definitely make a road trip down to Knoxville. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely go down there with you, and we can go see it, for sure. And you will be in the Hall of Fame. You're going to be in the Hall of Fame. You're going to be in Journalism Hall of Fame. You're going to be out here winning Tony Awards and Emmys. You'll be out here. (laughs) I have to hype you up. You just mentioned something, actually, that I know that we wanted to talk about. The Houston Comets. One thing I still have not wrapped my head around, maybe because I'm, you know, I I started watching the WNBA a little bit later, is how is a team like the Houston Comets so dominant so powerful, had probably arguably the greatest WNBA player to have played the game thus far on the team, now not exists, now not be around. Um, some of the other teams that have been defunct since, you know, the inception of the league include the Charlotte Sting, the Cleveland Rockers, the Miami Soul, the Portland Fire, and the Sacramento Monarchs. So I'm just trying, you know, maybe we could think back about maybe what caused these teams to fold. And the league obviously is looking towards expansion. So would it be wise to maybe bring some teams back to these cities or just start in some fresh cities or have teams in cities where there are NBA teams there and have the new teams, you know, have that kind of bond, that kind of I want to say partnership, but you know what I'm saying, that kind of connection with an existing NBA team in order to be successful. It really is a partnership. When you think about the Washington Wizards and the Mystics, um, the Phoenix Sun and Mercury, the Sparks and the Lakers, it's not just down to the team's colors and the similarity in their logos, but um, their ownership is is connected. The media that broadcasts or the the, – Outlets that cover them are oftentimes interlinked. A lot of that is connected finance, a lot of that. And so a lot of the discussion that I saw was, does a WNBA team, if they do expand, need to be connected to an NBA team to be successful? I think in the early stages, for example, to negate that, the Dallas Wings who transformed from the Tulsa shop and moved down to Dallas are not affiliated with the Mavericks, but are still gaining a solid fan base now have, you know, the rookie of the month. They're really gaining a lot of talent there and people are really keeping an eye out for them in the future to be um, a, a really great franchise. And I don't necessarily think that teaming up with an NBA team is the, automatic key to success you you do have a lot of crossover for fans and like I said a lot of those partnerships that have already been created um, seamlessly transition to the W but you don't necessarily need that for success and I think the wings are a good modern example of that Um, Damian Lillard went on Twitter just last week to say if Portland got a WNBA team since he is a Portland Trail Blazers superstar. If Portland got a WNBA team, he'd think they would garner a lot of support. And like you mentioned, the Portland Fire, who are kind of known as the most unsuccessful team in WNBA history. You know, they never made a playoffs. They only had three seasons before they were dismantled. Um, Not to say that 
that's the reason why they're no longer in existence. There might have been some things, you know, in the front office that we'll never know. But if you were to revive a team or make it a Portland, whatever name you wanted to give it, um, I think that in this day and age of the WNBA, wherever you put a new team can eventually garner a lot of fans and a lot of success just because what the WNBA is doing with what we were talking about, the live Twitter or the NBA TV games, the ESPN games, really working hard to get a solid fan base involved. And so once you have more cities that have an opportunity to come out, NBA team or not, you have the women's basketball fans who have someone to cheer for in their hometown. And like everyone knows, I guess it's a, a secret or a rumor, there's supposed to be a WNBA team um, developing out in the Bay Area to be sister team to the now 2017 NBA champs, the Warriors. So we can see, you know, if that comes, then of course there will have to be another East team that develops. Um, so there's a lot of different pieces with that, but it also comes down to expansion. Like we always talk about the need for more teams and uh, more players to join the league. So if an NBA team were to, I'm, I feel like I'm going to say this wrong. If an NBA, if a WNBA team were to come into a city, let's say it's not one of those teams, right? Let's say it's not a major market team. Let's say it's a small market team. If that team is not, it's not one of the popular teams that season, right? So it's not a Golden State because Golden State, I think, was considered small market at one point. It's not an Oklahoma City Thunder. Let's say it might be a smaller market like uh, Milwaukee Bucks or Memphis Grizzlies. Do you think a WNBA team would be successful if the NBA team that they would partner with is not, hasn't had years of like crazy success i mean like making it to the finals and and having all these kind of exposure you see what do you see what i'm trying to say like if there was like a utah team to kind of pop up out of nowhere um what i really think the WNBA's first step to do is a acknowledge that point that's a lot that you have to think about when you're creating a new team and avoid that so these small market teams right now are probably last in the running. If they're going for teams that already have NBA teams, they are probably last in the running to get a new um, WNBA team because of that fact. I'm sure they do have to somewhat rely on big basketball cities. So like we're saying, the next, the next smartest move out West would no doubt be the Oakland, San Francisco area or if you were to do one in the in the east in Boston or in Miami somewhere with um a good history of championship a good history of a solid fan base and a lot of room to grow um in in that market because of the team success so i do agree with you that the small market teams or the ones that just don't have the history of the winning culture would not be first on the list for a new WBA team. And I feel like I remember on your site, Beyond the W, there was a discussion about Philadelphia getting a WBA team, mm-hmm. an article that you wrote, um, which was really thought provoking as well. Yeah, that was an article that uh, one of like Akeem, who is my other writer for the website, shout out to Akeem Balaam. You should follow him right now on <laughs> on Twitter. But yeah, he wrote, he wrote this, we, he also wrote a story prior to that couple months prior about a team coming to the Bay Area. This is before Lisa Borders was making the visit. It was kind of like, hey, what would happen if a team were to come to the Bay? 
Mm-hmm. And he recently won one, wrote one about Philadelphia also, which was great. You could check that out on the website right now. So Philadelphia would be a good place to, um, you know, like you said, relying on not just these sport, these not just basketball cities, but sports cities, cities that have winning culture for other sports as well, where people just love. Like Boston would be perfect because you just have the, not only do you have the Boston Celtics, but you have you know, the Red Sox, you have the Patriots, you know, you, it's just a diehard sports town. That's why I loved, you know, the Tulsa shot going to Dallas because Dallas is a huge sports town with Cowboys and, and all the other teams that they have going on there. So but for, we'll, that, for that hmm? Boston example, do you think it's maybe too much? Maybe they're too invested in the teams that they've had for 40, 50, 60 years, like the Celtics, like the Red Sox, like um, what's their hockey team, like the Bruins, um, like the Patriots. Like they're so focused on those four teams. They make up all of the sports coverage that maybe the WNBA team, if it was added there, would be washed out. Nobody would really be focused on anything besides been focused on for the last 50 years so you also have to think about a city that has room right. for WNBA room for like Philly would be a good example they're kind of at the crossroads right now um as it's been terrible but we've always kept them in the news because they were once the amazing Dr. J took them to the top Philadelphia 76ers AI took them to the top 76ers you know on, on the flip side it could be too much of a sports town not enough room to grow or too little of a sports town with not enough support that they don't even want to drop one down there with the thought that that, is, that soon a WNBA team could be gone. That's a good point. That's something actually that I even, that's a good angle that I didn't even think about. Um, but they'll have to explore and tackle those. And how would they resolve it? So let's say they definitely want it. Or let's say, you know, whoever, this the mayor or the governor of Massachusetts or whoever, um, people who are investors and buyers and potential owners want them, let's say in a Boston. So then that'll be a challenge that they will have to navigate through. Like how would they be able to differentiate themselves and stand out and get that? Because, you know, baseball is the only, really the only other sport in the summertime and uh, Red Sox are pretty dominant. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right. So, that's a good discussion. If you guys have any ideas or thoughts about what in terms of expansion to, you know, to go with the WNBA city or not, hit us up, tweet us, let us know what you think, and let's keep this conversation going. And hopefully somebody will put their ears to it in the league office and think about some of the, the uh, suggestions and topics that we just brought up so that's cool i can't wait to see what the w ends up next because they need to expand because there are so many players that are not playing right now it's not right so many players it's like crazy a lot of them um, are getting now with so many wba players overseas you know fulfilling their international um basketball duties and trying to qualify for the 2020 Olympics. So a lot of those players who usually don't get their shine are, are on a team now, but throughout the season, definitely not enough. Right. So let's get straight into some basketball talk. Definitely have to get into it. So 
right now, top five scorers in the league are Brittany Griner, Neka Ugumike, Sylvia Fowles, Alana Teladon, and Tina Charles. And the one thing that all these ladies have in common, besides being the top five leading scorers, are that they're all big women. You know, they're all the ones that... You can call them big men. <laughs> big men. You see, I was trying. All right. Yeah, I see what you were doing, but we still going to call them big men. <laughs> okay, so they're all big men. So, you know, they protect the paint, uh, and they also now have added this scoring to their arsenal. What are your thoughts on that, Princess? Do you feel that the game is getting further away from the basket? Do you think that these players are just adding an extra weapon to their repertoire to be able to contribute to their team more? What do you think? Well, a lot isn't necessarily three-point shooting. Uh, Neka Agumake is a beast inside. Sylvia Fowles is a beast inside. Brittany Griner is a beast inside. When you talk about Elena Deladon or Tina Charles, they're not afraid to step out a little bit further beyond the arc or even to the elbow extended to make a good shot. Um, so over the past, I'll say three, four, five years, people are saying um, that a lot of this talk has been in the NBA, in the men's game, of course, with the emergence of Steph Curry and John Wall, who can kind of do everything, that the game is going away from the basket. So that's also translated over into women's basketball because it's had so much buzz, saying that with the emergence of so many talented guards that the game is going further away from the basket. But this is evidence that it's not, that they're still feeding inside, they're still getting good post looks. What I love most about players like Neka Ogumike and Sylvia Faust is their footwork. Even Tina Charles, I can't even not acknowledge Tina Charles, but their their footwork is so beautiful. It's so fundamental that if they're down on the block, if they're underneath the basket, there's no one who can stop them because that's just, it's so quick, uh, it's so fluid that whether they're on the right side of the basket or the left side, they have no problem finishing. And we know Elena Deladon can shoot from pretty much anywhere. Everywhere. That's her game. That's always been her game. She's always been uh, like a, a stretch seven footer. Um, and then going back to the NBA, they always talk about the stretch seven footer. So if you were to translate that, you know, basically her being six five and being able to to, to shoot the three, um, she would kind of be the translation of that in the women's game. But it 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 goes to show that there's not just big men who are focusing on getting up three-pointers or coming down the lane when they're supposed to be trailing and going directly under the basket. They're not looking for a shot on the outside. They're actually working in the post, trying to get open, getting rebounds, crashing the board. All of these women are also at the top in rebounds. Brittany Griner right now is leading the league, in two, uh, leading the league with 23.8 points per game, 2.7 blocks. She's six in rebounds with 8.4, the fourth in field goal percentage. Um, of course, we all know about Sylvia Faust, who's on her third player of the week honor in four weeks played in the WNBA. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? Just crazy stuff. Double-doubles everywhere. Tina Charles with two double-doubles this week. Um, has the Liberty on a four-game win streak. Uh, Brittany Griner making some really big noise out west. So the big men are really taking charge and leading their team, which I love to see. I'm such a proponent for post players and um, the front court really being the nucleus of the team i love that yeah it's great to definitely see uh some of these players adding 
those extra bringing out some of those extra gifts that they have and then if you look at the other player of the week <laughs> honors so we look at week four's player of the weeks which were Tina charles and sylvia fowles which exponentially proves my point um the other candidates for play of the week were John Quell Jones, the center from Connecticut Sun, um, Gloria Johnson from Dallas Wings down low, NECA, uh, Brittany Griner, and Elena Deladon. So the best players of this week, the ones that were picked and even the ones that were considered, all big men. Unbelievable. This is such a great season so far. What do you think about the season so far? We're almost a month. No, today. We're a quarter of the way through the season. Today we're officially a month in. So we are officially one quarter of the way into the season and I am loving it. Loving the talent that I'm seeing. I really, really, really want something to come out of San Antonio. One being a win and two Kelsey Plum's emergence as some sort of viable rookie right now. She's still not getting her footing. Um, so that's two things that I really want to see um, come out of there specifically a win and a, a good game, just a good game. So Kelsey Plum, I feel like if she has one good game with at least, not even a crazy 25 point game, but like a 16, 17 point game, she's really gonna build her confidence up and be able to take over the team. So what games are you looking forward to this week? So tomorrow on the 14th, we have the Liberty at Connecticut. Um, Atlanta, the Atlanta Dream faced the Indiana Fever and the Stars faced the Sparks. Then the Liberty are in Dallas, Chicago at Phoenix. That should be a great one. Um, and uh, Sunday, the Mercury face the Sparks and the Fever face the Sky. Oh, and Kelsey Plum will actually be in Seattle facing the Storm on Sunday as well. So any of those matchups that you're looking forward to? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the Mercury and Sparks one. It's kind of like the battle for the next best spot in the West because we all know who has that locked up. Um, and Atlanta and the Fever, they both kind of have hit a, a bit of a plateau at this point in the season, started off really well, especially with their home game record in the East. Um, they both kind of hit a plateau, and I feel like getting over that hump of, of solidifying a middle spot in the East would – give them a bit of a jolt. But the Liberty are really on a roll now, four-game win streak, um, and Connecticut is starting to pick up a little bit. So that matchup there, Jonquil Jones is is doing the best she can inside. Um, I think Alex Bentley will be back from Russia by that time. Uh, if not, then, of course, they do have some more intricate pieces, like Strickland, their front court is crazy, crazy big, crazy big shoot, crazy good shooters. Um, so good to see them match up against Tina Charles and company. Dope. Can't wait to talk to you a little bit later next week about the games that have taken place and what we see. But before we wrap up, um, I just want to make sure that I touch base on one thing um, that's very important. So there is a man by the name of Todd Harris. He is a WNBA exec. He also worked for the NBA as well. And he recently passed away suddenly, and it was a huge, huge blow to the WNBA and the NBA community. So Todd Harris, he started off his career in NBC and broadcasting before heading over to the NBA. And he was very instrumental in a lot of the features that we see commonly when we watch NBA games, most notably the mic'd up segments. So when 
you're in the middle of the game and it comes back from commercial break and then they kind of have those little segments where you know you can kind of hear LeBron talking in the huddle or you can kind of hear uh you know NECA and and Candace talking to each other on the court um he is the person behind those segments and he also developed uh, Lead Pass, which was formerly WNBA Live Access. So he was with the NBA family for over 20 years, um, and he passed away suddenly. So just wanted to give my condolences out to his family, as well as everybody at the league office, both NBA and WNBA side, and NBC, and anybody who worked with him, because that was definitely a huge blow. He wasn't necessarily known, I guess, to the public, he wasn't somebody that was out there on television all the time or something, but um, he definitely was, you know, behind a lot of what we've grown accustomed to as fans, you know? Definitely. Um, seeing the outpour of social media really saw, really gave a glimpse into, like you said, he wasn't, he wasn't always in the forefront, but it really gave a glimpse into all the people that he touched and the impact that he made on the game. And I loved how every WNBA game did a moment of silence and honoring um, before the game after he passed last Tuesday. Um, just to really take a moment, really introduce fans into, like you said, some of the features that he introduced us to as part of game broadcast, but as well, let us know the importance of what he was to the WNBA and NBA family. Um, and to think, you know, the things that he implemented and developed are some things that now we could not envision the game without. Like right. We love hearing a coach mic'd up, saying something funny, or even pregame shoot around and, and warm-ups. We love to hear, you know, your your player make a joke or, or just get hyped for the game. Um, so, so stuff like that. And, of course, League Pass, Live ex Access, which has now grown and developed. Um, to know how much we depend on that for coverage. He really took his job seriously and did his best to take the league to another level to give our fans and us as fans an immaculate experience. So I am very thankful for him, very thankful for how he um, affected the league and really cared about it enough to, to take it just to new heights. For sure. So definitely we have their family, his family and his loved ones in mind. Um, did we forget anything? I think we forgot one little bitty insert that we need to talk about. Sure. Actually, it's one day, June 11th, but we have a <laughs> lot of days. Yeah, June 11th is a... It was a lit day. It was a lit day. So <laughs> June 11th was, we celebrated the 28th birthday of Maya Moore, the birthday okay. of Diana Taurasi, and Brittany Boyd from the New York Liberty all share the same birthday. There's someone else whose birthday is also on June 11th. Holly Warlick, the head coach of the University of Tennessee women's basketball program. Her birthday is also on June 11th. And there was a special day down in Dallas, Texas, um, on that Sunday, which was Nancy Lieberman Day. You all are not familiar with Nancy Lieberman. I really, really, really suggest <laughs> that you all get accustomed to uh, her greatness. She started playing basketball in the 80s um, before the WNBA was formed, and she actually joined the WNBA at the age of 39. Um, so she was playing in the Women's Basketball League, which pretty much was the blueprint for the league that we know today. 
Um, so she came to the WBA at 39 years old with the Mercury. They gave her a chance. Then she transitioned as the GM and the head coach for some time of the Shock. And now she's on the coaching staff with the Sacramento Kings. So she's always been, um, always had a hand in basketball on a professional level. She's also in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. I'm a huge fan of hers. Love her so much. And so down in Dallas, where she was a member of the Dallas Diamonds, uh, a WBL team, she was awarded with a with a nice little cute jersey from the Wings. It was really nice. And it was officially Nancy Lieberman Day. Happy Nancy Lieberman Day. Happy belated Nancy Lieberman Day. <laughs> Happy belated birthday to the four lovely ladies, Maya, Diana, Tarazi, Brittany Boyd, and Holly, Coach Holly Warlick. Happy belated birthday to and, all of you ladies. And one more. Ramu Takashiki from Seattle. From Seattle. All right. Her birthday was there. So five girls, and it's Nancy Lieberman Day. So next day. Yeah, we missed out. I wish I was there to get some red velvet cake with Maya more, because that's my favorite, but... <laughs> How you know that? I do not know, but um, no, it's okay. not a secret. Apparently, it's not a secret. Like apparently, like yeah. everyone, like her fans know. Like yo, Maya likes red velvet cake. I found out like last year by accident. I was like, oh, I was. We were supposed to know this. Now I know. Well, I, well, I love carrot cake. If y'all care, <laughs> carrot cake is popping. Carrot cake is popping. We could have this conversation all over again about food, but I know we're not gonna do that because we probably don't hear it. <laughs> If not, if y'all didn't hear our food episode, episode three, just fast forward to the end. <laughs> we had all locations covered. Everything that you want, everything that you love, we talked about it. So I think that's that wraps up episode five. Thank you all for listening. What you said? That was my da-da-da. You didn't hear the da-da-da. Like no, the end of the show. I didn't hear you. I just saw your hands move. So I was like, okay, she's saying something. <laughs> I <hear Ta-da>. <laughs> so thank you all for listening once again. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Feel free to share the link to this episode. Remember, you can listen to us on SoundCloud and on iTunes every single week. Um, so on behalf of my amazing co-host here, Princess. So I'm so happy she's back. If y'all see a LeBron at a WNBA game, tweet at us. Let us know. Shout him out. Tell him. Tag us in it. I just want to see, like, everybody there this summer. Like, I feel like there's no reason why people shouldn't come to the NBA games. It's like, it's the summer. Bring the kids. They love basketball. They play basketball. You can learn so much. So, I'll be waiting for you, LeBron. Right. We'll see you. And, And congratulations to the Golden State Warriors for winning this year's NBA championship. Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I I wanted the Cavs to win. I'm still being a good sport about it. So, shout outs to them. But, alright guys, uh, check y'all next week. Later. Yeah.